Welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, WrestleMania Night 2 Edition. I am joined once again by the double R superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe. Hello. <laughs> and bitch-ass Blake Short. You're a uh, slut for opportunity, <laughs> blowing every chance. So, uh, as, as we did yesterday, we're going to go through the order of matches uh, from Night 2. Uh, we're going to let you guys know whether we thought, in our personal opinions whether it was a rant or a rave, and we're going to come up whether the whole the night in a hole was a rant or a rave. Um, for those who listened last night or didn't, and for whatever reason are listening to night two first, uh, spoiler alert, night one got a rave. Um, so let's go ahead and let's just jump right in and get it started. Uh, the order is going to be Erbg. That is Erbg. Uh, so let's start with match Say that number one. more time. One. What is the Erbg. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Roy, why don't you tell us how you felt about match number one? It was the uh, NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, a little disappointing. The match wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. It wasn't a bad match at all. It just wasn't what I personally wanted it to be. I wanted Charlotte to win. Um, I really wanted some short title reigns. With the NXT Women's Championship at this point, even Charlotte's, I would like only a few months out of that just because we had such a long reign with Asuka and uh, Shayna. But, I mean, the match still delivered. It just wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and I'm happy with who won. Um, I'll give it a rave. Okay. Cool. Blake. Women's wrestling is really hard to watch with no crowd. I was waiting on Holly to come downstairs and wonder what the hell I was watching with all the grunting and groaning going on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great match. I really enjoyed it. It was very physical, and that's what I expected out of these two women. I feel like despite losing, Rhea Ripley actually looked really good in this match. It's Charlotte. Charlotte probably should have gotten the win. She is the better wrestler. She is the top-tier talent. It sucks a little bit to not see her get put over. But at the same time, I feel like NXT could really use Charlotte as their champion, and it'll help them in the Wednesday Night Wars. I'm going to give this a rave. All right. Uh, it's a rave for me. Um, I, I was expecting Charlotte to win this one. I think that's a pretty cool concept. Uh, I'm hoping that they kind of make the NXT title a little bit more universal now, so pretty much anybody can go after it. Uh, and if they do that, that makes it, it makes it pretty cool to be able to have Someone like possibly Io Shirai, you know, go against Charlotte for a title. That That's pretty cool. You know, it's an opportunity to not only go for an NXT title, but, I mean, it's fucking Charlotte Flair at that point. Like, that that says a lot if you're able to pull that off. Um, the match itself, I feel, started a little stale. Uh, but they definitely picked up. They definitely got into a groove. Um, I mean, we don't need to talk about it. Charlotte's a great in-ring performer, whether I like her as a character or not. She's always a great in-ring performer. Rhea seemed a bit off, I think, but I don't know if she just... It, it was the the whole name of WrestleMania on it that may have had some nerves connected to it, but ultimately, it was a rave for me. Um, let's go on to match number two, which I don't care to talk about, really, but Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. This match was fine to me. The, the, there's no build to it. I, like, I don't care necessarily about the two individuals but i mean i need some cool off matches in my wrestlemania i can't do heavy hit after heavy hit uh and i felt like the two i felt like alistair black and bobby lashley put on a good match so i would actually give this a rave i was really upset with 
the setup to this. They didn't do anything. I think they failed on that portion of it. But despite not getting anything for a feud, I felt like this was a really good match between these two. I was actually impressed. I didn't find myself bored or anything like that. I was intrigued coming in because it's two talents I've never seen put together. And I felt like it was actually a good match. And I would say it's a rave. I liked that Lana screwed over Lashley. I don't know what's going on here. And, and we'll see that materialize a little bit. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. So this match was uh, it, it was essentially the version of Roy's last night where he went and cooked dinner. Um, I, I went and did a thing or two during this match. And I just wasn't interested to even watch it in the first place. I came back about... And there was about five minutes left in it. I got to see the finish. I got to see Lana calling out for him to do the spear and then him grabbing the black mask off of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so from what I saw, it wasn't terrible, but I I just didn't give it enough to go into it. Um, you guys both raved it, so I'm not even going to give it one or the other since it's already a rave. Uh, just know that I was very uninterested in it. Yeah, I didn't come into it interested either but I gave it a chance. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad I did because they, I feel like, yeah, because we actually do our job and watch wrestling. Hey, we don't take breaks. Oh, oh, wait, and go. What did you do yesterday? <laughs> we don't take breaks and go do whatever it was. This you is were night doing. two, Craig, not night one. Okay. <laughs> this is night two. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a clean slate. My bad. All right. What's match- the next damn match? <laughs> match three was the love machine. Otis. Team Otis, baby. Uh, I'll just say rave, and I mean, honestly, Blake's the one that should talk here, so yeah. I'll let him. Blake won. Blake won. Eat that crow. Otis finally got the girl, the one who should have had her all along. Dolph Ziggler, you played yourself, man. And it came to a head at WrestleMania. I had fun. I Was it the greatest match ever? No. <laughs> Did any of us come into this thinking that this was going to be the greatest match ever? No. But the long-term storytelling that they had with these two was fantastic. It was probably the best story going into WrestleMania. Yeah, I think so. And one of the best stories WWE's had long-term in a long time. I was invested from day one, and it was a roller coaster of a feud. There were times I was extremely upset because Otis didn't get the girl and things didn't go his way, and it was worth the wait. It was pretty awesome. I enjoyed it, and. I'd like to see where they go from here with Mandy and Sonya. I really love that we got a singles match out of it. I think that was different because it was so easy to just do a tag match. But instead, we got a singles, and I think that was very refreshing. Dude, me too, because when they did the whole segment with Valentine's Day, that was really my biggest fear, was that it was just going to turn into Bobby Roode and Ziggler versus Heavy Machinery. And I felt like that was going to water down the story, and they didn't do that, and I'm glad that they didn't. So this is a rave for me. And I, I had said a few weeks ago in the middle of all of the, the stuff going on, actually it was probably a little more than a few weeks because it was Valentine's, um, that I was sick and tired of storylines where it's two guys fighting over the attractive blonde chick. And it, to me, WWE, that's what they do. And it got stale. And then it freshened up when we were getting closer to Mania. Um, then you throw in whatever happened Friday, whoever that is, you know, we have our speculations, but to throw the twist in to actually see Sonya and Dolph plotting it and everything, 
that made it even better because it, it at that point it's like Otis now knows the truth and that gave him a whole nother fire. Was the match amazing? No. Was it a cool off match for the most part? Yes, but I definitely still enjoyed it. And of course I loved the outcome. I was I was for Otis the whole time. And I'm glad that he did get the girl in the end on this one. Um now all I need to do is see him carrying her and a piece of ham around and I'll be okay. <laughs> It was like the most anticipated cool off match I think I've ever had for WrestleMania. Like coming into it, you knew it was a cool off match. You knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. a main event WrestleMania match, but coming into night two, this was one of the matches I was the most excited about. They did their job, and I don't know how they could have done any better through this storyline. All right, so match number four was the last man standing match between. The rated R superstar Edge and the legend killer Randy Orton. What did you think, Roy? I apologize in advance for the riot that I'm about to cause. (laughs) Because this match was so slow paced that it didn't out. It didn't make up for the cool spots that were in it for me. There was plenty of stuff throughout the match. Uh, Edge dropped the best elbow I've ever seen. That was genius. It didn't look like it was real effective, but it was genius. <laughs> the best elbow I've ever seen. <laughs> but most of the match was me just walking guys, watching guys walk down a hallway. And I already wasn't all that connected to the emotion of this story going into it, as a lot of people were. Because to me, I just... Orton just sounds like a jackass. And it's very weird. It took a lot of weird turns emotionally. Like Orton saying, oh, you don't love your kids. And Beth Phoenix was crying because now like that made me think like deep down, she really doesn't love her kids. Why is she crying? Um, I mean, I still I, if I, it, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it saying rant because I appreciate what it was, what they were doing. I love Edge, love Orton. I'm happy that he's back. But the match really wasn't that fun to watch. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I I'm going to say it was a rave, but it's like, I feel like it's a forced rave. It was too long. It was just too long. If you had condensed a little bit, we'd have been fine. I think there were a couple issues here. One being it was at the PC, and although in the end they had some unique spots, it felt like for 20 minutes they were just trying to find somewhere to go about this match. It was almost as if sometimes they didn't have a plan. And they were just figuring it out. They were like improving as they went, and there was just nothing there for them to do. That's kind of how I felt sometimes, like in the hallways. When they got to the truck, it got a lot better towards the end. I yeah. enjoyed that, and that's what swung me more to a rave. But it was really slow paced, and it was a little lengthy. I think this would have been a better match had they have done it for you know 15, 20 minutes and a little less of the stuff in the middle. And it sucks because it started out to me so well. I enjoyed the beginning where Randy Orton says a cameraman and he just starts to RKO. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe that, that was part of the problem. Maybe it started out with something like that and then it was just slow and methodical and it was a little too much for me. But the ending saved it for me with Edge finishing him off with a concerto, some of the spots on the top of the truck, and just the emotion that Edge showed told the story and was able to swing me to a rave over a rant, but it was very close to being a rant. So I'm going to give it the bias rave. Uh, We all know why I gave it the rave. I agree with a lot of points that you guys have made. Um, It did drag on a little long. It could have been condensed more. Uh, 
Um, some of the spots could have been a little closer together instead of so spread apart. Um, I personally, though, to touch on something Blake said, thought it was a great use of the Performance Center. Um, I feel like the Performance Center has a lot in it that can be used in a match like that. Obviously, you do that in a stadium, you've got a lot more to use. You've got a lot more space to set up different areas for spots. Um, like Roy said, uh, grabbing one to the cage above the desk and just dropping an elbow was, <laughs> was awesome. Um, the So I was on the fence until the very end of that for this match. That's how I was. The concerto. And then it wasn't necessarily just the concerto. It was after that where he just bent down and like you could, tell he still got a love for randy he still respects him and he he had to do what he had to do but he paid some respect to him afterwards and i thought that that was very touching and shit but i'm also sappy you know (laughs) i didn't like that either that was i didn't like him just standing there crying i don't understand this whole feud is like i really love you and because of that i have to try to kill you but i will cry because i love you and i'm sad that i'm trying to kill you I just don't – it's not landing with me for some reason. Well, one thing so they I, both have, Roy, is grit. Grit! <laughs> God damn it. What's the next match? <laughs> All right. So the hold next... on, hold on. I wasn't, I wasn't done with that one. Okay. The performance center, the only thing that I want to say, and we'll move on. Greg, I think what bothered me the most with the performance center and their use of it was, was that I just saw Gargano and Champa yep. do such amazing things in the performance center. And I felt like this match, they didn't quite live up to that until they got into the back. Once they got into that back area, that's when they killed it. But their stuff in the hallway, it was just really slow, and that's what hurt the match. Can I ask a question that this is reminding me of? What's that? Am I am I tripping, or were we supposed to have a parking lot brawl at some point on AEW? Is that this week coming up, or did it get scrapped? What happened? No, it got scrapped because they had to move into a, a warehouse. Um, so that's why they, they didn't do it, I believe. But that okay. was supposed to be this past week's uh, AEW. Okay, we, we can continue. All right, so uh, match number five of the night was the Raw Tag Team Championship between the Street Profits, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory. Uh, rant. I didn't have any fun with this. Okay. And I agree, Rand. This is my first Rand of the night. That this is this is one that didn't have a build up, and I still couldn't get into it. Tried the Street Profits are really good. I enjoy the Street Profits, but it just turned into two teams yelling WrestleMania back and forth for five minutes, and it it just didn't do anything for me. I tried, and the debut of Bianca Belair at this point. It was weird. It's like, why not just it see doesn't her work that way. Roll after Mania. I don't. I like it. I want her there, but it's like here to for a save. And do this you point. guys do you guys expect anything interesting to come out of Raw tonight? I don't know because I, I was really thinking don't. that too. I completely forgot like Raw after WrestleMania until you just said that. But I'm, I wasn't actually anticipating anything tonight. So obviously, know. it's happening right now as we're recording. Yeah. I, I had I had seen a thing saying that they well, only don't tell were, us things you see. No, 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 no. It has nothing Spoilers. to do with no, no, it's not spoiler. That they okay. had they had finished up the recording that they had just recorded episodes up to Raw and that uh even with the stay at home order order, they're trying to do lot like Raw and SmackDown live now for the foreseeable future. So I think tonight's the first like going back to being live. 
Um, and I actually just saw something before we got on saying that they're going to replay the Boneyard match and the Fire, Firefly Funhouse I match. I did see that as well. Now, those are two replays I can get behind. You All right. right. I guess we'll, we'll see what – we'll check it out later, see what happens. All right. So I this is that match was also a rant for me, guys. Um, again, the Bel Air thing would have worked a lot better either tonight or in the stadium. Um, when you have somebody show up like that, it doesn't get much pop. And at the same time, I can't – I it, it sucks because – I do like Bianca uh, in ring and everything, uh, but I I can't help but to feel that she's just going to end up being a manager for the Street Profits. Um, yeah, I don't like that. I I, yeah, I don't like that at all. But that, I mean, why why attack uh, Zelina? I mean, I understand what she was doing, but but why pick Zelina? You know what I mean? Like Zelina doesn't. Do you guys? You really think it was a call up? Because I didn't even necessarily interpret it as that. I thought she yeah, was just, I do think so. I've been anticipating. Yeah. That- putting her own role because WWE doesn't like to separate their superstars that are married. So I've, mm-hmm. I've felt like it's inevitable for her to be on raw with Montez. Just the timing of it. I don't think was right. Speaking of that, did you see his reaction when she came in the ring? He's, he's amazing. That man is a genius. Um, he all right. Really is. So the next match of the night was the five way elimination match for the SmackDown women's championship. I'm not going to list all the wrestlers, um, but we'll go on to what your thoughts were with that. There were how many women in this match? Five. You're talking about for the women's championship, right? Correct. Who were the, who was it, the people it that were was Bailey, Sasha, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Naomi. Thank you for listing them. Uh, uh, this... I didn't want to, but you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this was a, uh, Ray for me. I thought the match was fun. Um, I appreciate I appreciated getting to see the wild card Tamina in action. Oh my god, <laughs> she got eliminated first. So hilarious. I felt like Bailey needed one big win under her belt for this reign because I've had a lot of fun with her reign, but I don't feel like there's been a lot of really pivotal moments for her, and I wanted her to to have that. But I do think. I think I'm ready for her to lose it sometime after this, but I wasn't ready for her to lose it here. So Bailey's reign's been a bit of a roller coaster for me. I've had points where I'm like, this is not working at all. I've had points where I'm like, I'm starting to enjoy her. And I agree, I wasn't really ready for her to lose yet. It was nice to see her get a big defense at Mania. And we didn't get the common title change for for the women there. I think that was the right move for her to hold it. Tamina, the start of it was weird. I don't really understand why they're trying to make Tamina look like Nia Jax. She's not. She's a terrible wrestler. I'm glad she was eliminated first. However, Naomi was really impressive in this match. That's not a surprise. I think Naomi is a fantastic wrestler. I love the spot with Bailey and Sasha where she did a sunset flip and pinned them both. I thought that was cool. And Lacey Evans is someone that I've said in the past, that I think she has the character, but she does not have the wrestling ability quite yet. She was pretty flawless in this match, in my opinion. I didn't see anything to make me feel like she hasn't improved in the ring, and I was actually impressed. I don't know how I feel about the Sasha thing yet. I Deep down, I kind of think it was the right call, but I want to see where it goes, because... Them extending Bailey and Sasha worries me a little bit because I've seen it so many times. 
I kind of just want to see where it's going to go, if that makes sense. So, the match itself for me was a rave. Um, to touch oh, yeah, point, it's a rave. I don't know why I didn't say nah, um, So, to touch on a few points about Bailey and this run, I was very excited for heel Bailey. Uh, I was very much behind her when she she cut her hair. She sliced the the Bailey buddies up. Um, I thought it was a really good you know start for her. But I've I've pointed it out before. I can't help but to feel that she's not this this badass character. She she looks depressed. She looks upset coming to the ring. Like she looks like she wants to just cry. Like. It, it's not coming over for me. Um, now, I've I've seen things where she backstage doesn't like the character, and we've all said it, when someone doesn't like their character, it tends to show. And I kind of feel like that's why she doesn't necessarily look mean or anything, and she looks depressed, and she looks sad about everything. Like, I just, I can't get behind that. The match itself, I, I loved it. Um, I really did. Uh, like Blake said, uh, Lacey Evans does. She she was pretty flawless. Like she definitely stepped her game up in the ring. I, I was expecting it to come down to Naomi and Bailey. Um, I was very surprised when Naomi was eliminated because I, I expected that to be it. Because uh, we know how WWE is with giving people a pseudo rematch for things. Um, then to see Sasha eliminated when she was that's something that was a little unexpected because it was either Naomi and Bailey or Sasha and Bailey. Uh, in my head, uh, to for it to come down to Lacey and and Bailey uh, was pretty cool. Uh, Sasha coming back in and doing the backstabber just to to help Bailey out, uh, even after Bailey had had nailed her and caused her essentially to get eliminated at at that one point. Um, I thought I thought this was a well done match, and I honestly didn't really have any anticipation going into it for this one. Um, but I I was very very pleased with the outcome and how the match came or was put on. So the next match is going to be the Firefly Funhouse between John Cena hmm. and the Fiend. All right, so the Firefly Funhouse between between John Cena and the Fiend. This was not as good for me as the Boneyard match. Obviously it's easy to draw the comparison there. Oh, yeah. uh, there were two I don't very even know unique. how to compare those two, even though they were cinematic. Like I, I can't compare those two. Like you were two I, cinematics that like were completely different realms. And I want to have a conversation on our weekly podcast too, when I host this Saturday, about how we feel about this sort of cinematic type matches, and if that's something that we want to see more of going. Uh, forward. So here's here's what I'll say. I won't keep you in suspense. I think that we're in the early stages of this sort of thing, and for me, it really showed here. But I'm going to be lenient because it was early on. I will still give it the rave because I like the du- direction of it. But I didn't think it was as good as the Boneyard match, and I think it's just because there wasn't as much physicality. It felt just like a promo video. Um, it didn't have a match-type feeling. It just felt like... I Even when Fiend and Cena were in the ring and stuff, I was like, is this just like a video package leading up to the match, or is this actually the match? Uh, and so in the future, I would want to see a little bit more of actual fighting so that it's it's more of a match. But I was completely entertained throughout. 
and thought it was absolutely hilarious. A lot of people online I saw were talking talking shit about John Cena's acting. I think he's hilarious. Even in the movies I've watched with him, I thought he was hilarious. So I'll say rave because I like the direction we were headed with it. But I just I liked it more as just uh, I didn't it I didn't walk away feeling like they actually had any kind of match or confrontation with one another. It just felt like they just cut promos. So that is probably the only disappointing part of it. If you were coming into it, and I think Roy and I definitely, and probably Greg as well, we were so anxious to see Cena and The Fiend. And that's not what we got here. But this was so entertaining and so original and so off the wall of what I was expecting that I absolutely loved it to the point that I watched it again today not even 24 hours later. When they started off with Vince McMahon, Mr. McBossman, talking about ruthless aggression, and then literally had Cena in his ruthless aggression outfit, I said, what the hell am I in for here? Then he swings at Bray Wyatt as they're remaking the ruthless aggression part of... Angle and Cena, and he goes, you can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> I was already in tears at this point. Then yeah, he, did the, he did a little bit of the twirl, too. Yes. Then he introduces Johnny Largemeat. Okay. I am, at this point, I'm going, what the fuck is going on here? What is happening? My takeaway from this is that the Firefly Funhouse match, clearly it wasn't really a match. What it was, was such a psychological warfare on John Cena that he literally had John Cena beat himself. He took John Cena through every failure of his life, including the Nikki Bell, including Ruthless Aggression. And he took these things and literally changed Cena. And The Fiend's character has been all about changing people. Now, I don't know if we get healed John Cena... If we see, well, not if, we will definitely see John Cena again when we see Cena again. But this whole thing was so well put together for me. It was so entertaining. And I loved every single second second of it. I thought it was another amazing. Another huge piece of it, too, was at the very end when the camera zoomed in on Cena and played the sound bite of Cena saying it will be the end of the most, most overrated, overhyped superstar. And kind of insinuating that he was, well, alluding that he's talking about himself because it was him that came to an end. Yes. I honestly, Bray Wyatt is a, he's a fucking genius. And this cemented it for me. This is something that I will watch again with no problem. I loved it. And did you hear the puppets said such good shit? Yes. Like there was just so, there was so much detail put mm-hmm. into this and it was something i never thought i would ever see i mean hell even just like the seeing the smackdown fist i like marked out for it. thugonomic cena there were so many things that were done here that i would have never expected and i i loved it even though we didn't get an actual match eric bischoff tweeted out how happy he was to be in the wrestlemania main event <laughs> so now that y'all have talked about the whole damn match um, 
it, it was welcome to going last. It was it was definitely unexpected. Um, I loved how I mean he said it in the beginning. He said, "John, the fiend isn't your your biggest fear right now. Your biggest fear is yourself." And then, like you said, he walks him through each stage of his career, and. Dude, the fact that they added the Eric Bischoff thing and he comes out like Hogan. Um, another thing that I I really enjoyed is when they played back the the match that Bray claims to have changed him. Um, and he was the the Bray Wyatt character that we were all so used to. That is, I, I loved every second of that because in a way I do miss that Bray. But this Bray, there's no doubt it's hands down better. There's no doubt that he he Bray takes a character and he I feel like he he's one of those people that lives that character. I fully believe that outside of wrestling, he's practicing this character. He's staying in character to make sure that when he does it, it's flawless and it really is. Um the ending was a little off to me. Um I could have done with a little more I guess wrestling in it. But it made sense that he mentally broke him down enough that all he needed to do was give him a mandible claw, and it was essentially it. Um, the only problem is it kind of reminded me of the Undertaker match a few years ago where Undertaker just he just got ready, came out, and Undertaker destroyed him in like 10 seconds, and that was it. It essentially reminded me of that with a bunch of video to it. But uh, I loved how he was pumping iron, and he couldn't stop, and then his arms just die. Dude, that shit was hilarious. He's just going faster and faster. And then... He finally gets some offense on where you think he's beaten down Bray and then it cuts out and he's just beating up Huskis. Um, This whole thing was just genius to me. So definitely a rave. I love the chair spot where they replayed him saying to hit him with the chair. And this time Cena's broke and he does try and hit him. That was a perfect explanation of what was going on at that point. You knew, okay, yeah, he broke Cena. Like he's got him to his breaking point. It was fantastic, dude. All right. Let's move on to the last match of the night. The WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Rant. I don't think the timing is right. I don't think the match was fun. I didn't feel anything for it. And I just would have rather saving the title being taken off of Brock for later. This is... The one match that I think this match at night one with Braun Strowman where the circumstances really killed what happened. For Drew McIntyre, a guy who has fought so hard to get into this position, it really sucks to see him get this moment with no crowd. Because it sorry, sorry, real quick, Blake, also double rant because it didn't end with him celebrating with three MB. Okay. It it, it hurt to see that. I've never been the biggest Drew fan, but, you know, we've seen him and his career and, and it materialize and where he was even just a year ago to now. And obviously with 3MB, it sucked that he didn't get to have that moment. This just wasn't it. You can't manufacture that moment. You can't make believe that moment. The match itself, unfortunately, wasn't very good. This has been... Typical Brock Lesnar losing a title at Mania now. It's just, let's hit a couple of finishers. That's it. There wasn't anything to it. This wasn't the right time for Drew to win the title. 
and that's mainly because of there being no fanfare. I think it would have been better for him and for WWE had they waited. There are a few reasons for that. One, notably for me, is that who's Drew face with the title at this point? There really isn't anybody there. It isn't the right timing. I would have preferred this happen at maybe SummerSlam when we can get back to normal. And for Brock Lesnar, this is another mania loss for the title. So at what point do we start looking at Brock Lesnar as here's a guy who just holds the belt until Mania and loses? Exactly. It's a rant. Uh, it's a rant for me as well. Um, again, Blake, you had brought it up uh, when we talked about it the other night. Uh, when I had originally said, and this was because of my bias towards Brock, about wanting Drew to win, and you brought you brought up what you just brought up. Who does he face? And I couldn't answer that question. And it actually made me think over the next 24 hours until last night that <laughs> I wanted Brock to win that match. You really put a lot of thought into this, man. I, I really did because I kept thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I in, in my biased opinion, I wanted Drew to win. But when it comes down to it, what happened? They did. They forced us into liking Drew McIntyre. They forced him into being a face for this. Um and He's it's still like, a deal. okay. <laughs> um, they told us essentially to like Drew. We already liked Drew, but they they essentially told the WWE universe to like Drew. Then again, who does he face? I I personally couldn't think of anybody, so it made sense that Brock keep the title because you could pretty much put anybody against Brock. They've I mean they've showed that or I, nobody for a little while. Yeah, that too. Um, but the match itself. It gets a rant for me because I'm I'm not behind this whole your two biggest titles are being held by guys that can't perform in the ring to an extent that most can. Brock is a powerhouse. Brock just he does three suplexes and then fucking F5s you. That's all he needs, baby. That's all he needs. Yeah, we've heard it before, buddy. Uh it. It just and then you hit you hit the same finisher five times in a row for the win. That to me is so played out. And especially when you watched it the night before happen with Braun and uh Goldberg, I knew coming into this match that it was going to it was going to end one of two ways. Five F fives in a pin or five claymores in a pin. That was it. And I think Brock got two suplexes in the whole match. We're used to seeing Brock do like eight, ten suplexes and shit. Maybe they only did two because there wasn't a crowd to count them. I don't know. But it just, it it didn't go, it didn't sit well with me. I would have much rather have watched the Funhouse end it. Uh, I get why it didn't. Because um, it definitely didn't stand up to the Boneyard match. But again, they definitely have two different realms there. Um, I just... I couldn't, I, I I mean, you ended your WrestleMania with a five-minute match. Uh, I wasn't behind that. Brock, Brock can put on, diff, like, better matches. I've seen it. I've seen him have very good matches. I I don't think, I think Brock did a really good job of putting over Drew during his feud. Honestly, I think when we got to this point, I don't know how true the rumors are about Brock not being happy about them putting on WrestleMania. It just didn't feel like they put a ton of effort into this match. And I think... Maybe the circumstances are kind of why. I would be willing to bet we have gotten a much better match in Tampa, but we'll never know that. 
But the, what kills the Drew McIntyre for me, and why I had posed that question to you, Greg, and I asked the same question to Wingate when we spoke about it in our group chat. Who would you have Drew McIntyre face in that? And what made me think of that was last year. I love Seth Rollins. And how bored were we two months into his title reign? Because he didn't have anybody set up to face when he had the title. And for I see the same thing happening to Drew McIntyre. I The only people I could come up with were Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Well, guess what? They both just lost their Mania matches. So even those feuds don't really work as well as they may have anymore. First of all, know. AJ's dead. Yeah, yeah RIP, bro. RIP AJ. Uh, so, and to touch on that, Blake, with, uh, and I think a lot of this, and obviously a lot of this falls on creative, because I don't feel like they've, they're really building any other characters to, to really go after a main title like that. I feel like a lot of what we've seen lately is built around mid-card titles. Um, I mean, hell, they've even left out some mid-card titles. How many times have we seen a wrestler get injured and have to relinquish their title, but yet Andrade is still the U.S. champion because they don't give a shit about that belt? The women's belt, the women's tag belts, we didn't see them defended for how long, and then they drop them. Who knows what's going to go on with that? The Intercontinental belt, uh, I've I felt like ever since they changed the look of it, it's felt like a joke to me. It, it just it feels like, it almost feels like, Titles don't even matter anymore. Just give me a match, apparently. Um, but I would I, to to put anybody up there. I would also say KO may even be one of them now, just because he did get that win over Seth. He did win that feud. But other than that, th- those are the only three. The two you named, and and I would even add KO into the mix. But that's even pushing it because it, who knows what's going to happen to him after this? Because they don't know how to use him either. So. What I would like to see from WWE going forward, I think right now they've done a really good job on some of their storylines with Otis and, and that. That was fantastic. The cinematic portion of the stuff that we just saw Mania was very well done. Boneyard was excellent. I enjoyed Firefly Funhouse a ton. So they're doing some good things. They're doing better creatively right now. I think the biggest issue that I have with WWE right now is that I don't think they take their wrestlers and look at them and go, where do we want this person to be four months from now, six months from now? I think the vision, when you look at it from an individual wrestler standpoint, becomes, all right, so this guy right here, we're going to have him do this this week, this next week. It's just week to week. And what happens is we get to a point where nobody is really built and the championships aren't really built anymore. So we kind of fall in this line where the championship just doesn't mean a whole lot after a while because nobody feels important. Everybody's equal. Every, yeah. Everybody's equal or, or there's just, there's, there's no movement, you know, it's like mm-hmm. between the 50, 50 booking and quick rushed uh, pushes like with drew, you just don't get the same vibe for guys that they want you to get because by the time they try and build it up for you, it's too late or it just hasn't been enough time. So I would like them to do a better job of that long-term. I think if they can, then they're in a good spot. But that's the biggest issue for me right now. That'll be even derail into a WWE creative discussion. (laughs) Yeah, I, it just, 
this this was the only disappointing part of Mania for me, and that's why I got into this, is because as a whole, and and we'll start to get into that, I think the show Night 2 was a rave and Night 1 was a rave. But in the long term, when I look at WWE as a whole, I feel like we're back down that rabbit hole of a really slow after WrestleMania season. Belt's yep. not really feeling important, and that would that seems to kill them over and over again. I don't feel anything for Braun Strowman as Universal Champion. I don't feel anything for Drew McIntyre as WWE Champion. And it's really hard to have a product with your two main champions and not have anything towards them. Uh, so, Greg, did where did we land? Did we award it a rent or a rave tonight? We have awarded it a rave. Um, because you gave this match a double rant, uh, it was still 6-3. to three. Yeah. Uh, what I will ask you guys, because we all seem to be a little more on uh, the fence about the best match of the evening than we were the night prior, what was your favorite match of the evening, guys? Uh, is mine even a match? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that constitutes as a match. <laughs> so I, I okay, well, it. best part of, of last night. I mean, the best part is... For me, for sure, not even close, Firefly Funhouse. I wouldn't yeah. say it was a match, but that's definitely the best part of night two. For me, even with its flaws, the Firefly Funhouse was the most entertaining part of the night. Uh, with, believe it or not, Dolphin Otis being in second. I was really, really? invested in that. I was I was really invested in that match. Okay. It was that's... it was so different and then just the little bit of personality that you and I put onto it with the little blood feud that we had going on True. made me really appreciate it even more. And it was Dolph, Dolph Ziggler's first singles match at WrestleMania. Really? In like, in like 15 years. Now don't, don't quote me cause I'm not a thousand percent sure, but I really feel like I read Dolph Ziggler himself say something about that recently. You know, you know, when I really think about it, like you said that, that sounds surprising, but then when I really think about it, that might not be that far off. Yeah. So I'm gonna uh, agree with you guys. It's it was it was definitely the Firefly Funhouse for yeah. me. My my second favorite, while well, Otis and Ziggler, I was super invested, and I had a lot of fun. My second favorite match would probably be the SmackDown Fatal Five Way. I I like the way that they highlighted these women, other than Tamina, <laughs> but I, I think they did a really good job, especially given the circumstances, and I had a lot of fun with it. For uh, Otis versus Ziggler, I was like really shouting at the TV and everything. Mandy's Mandy's music hit. I was like, "Come on, you stupid bitch!" I was so mad. Wow. Uh, I guess uh, so. A fun way to wrap it up will be: I want to ask you guys, what which night did you prefer out of WrestleMania nights one and two? When we first started the podcast, I think both of you had said that you preferred night two. I didn't really say anything because I wanted to see if it would still be the same at the end of the discussion. But I actually thought that night one was more fun. Greg, I was going to let you go. <laughs> oh, my bad. Um, right. I definitely, I feel like last night, night two, definitely had the better lineup. Um, I had more fun with last night. Uh, so for me, night two was definitely the better night. Yeah, I anticipated night two being the better night. night it was the better night, I think. Just looking, I had a lot more raves in night two than I did in night one. I had a lot more fun 
I think night one was a night that was saved by the Boneyard match in particular. Whereas night two, even if it wasn't for Firefly Funhouse, I still would have enjoyed the night as a whole. And that's very fair because the main thing carrying me is that Boneyard match. I just which was dude, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, you that could have been night one, and I've been like, man, night one was better. <laughs> yeah, and and my takeaways coming out of this Mania, I wasn't super excited, and and a lot of the things that I enjoyed about Mania were taken away from it. But I will say that this will go down as one of the more memorable manias for me because of the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. Those are things we've never seen before in a wrestling yeah, Very, very unique circumstances, and WWE kind of having a little bit of fun with it. Um, like I said, we'll talk about, we're definitely going to get into that some this weekend because it's, it's something that's very interesting to me. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about, about WrestleMania weekend? How do we feel about WrestleMania on two nights? I know both of you didn't like that as we were going into it. I still, I still enjoy it. I love so, it as a, a weekend event. I so I and let me cut you off real quick, no, Greg. Good, ideally, the, the way that this works, ideally, because we travel to the WrestleManias a lot, I would like, you know, for my ticket to cover both nights. Ideally, if you start getting into the the more complex parts of it, and you say like, "Oh man, Roy, do you want to go to WrestleMania for one night or the two night thing and buy two tickets?" Then yeah, obviously. I don't want to spend money on two different events, but that aside, I like having these two stacked cards. So if it's two nights, as far as, as far as paying for the event, there's definitely going to be a bundle package that includes both nights. Uh, I obviously, yeah, I would see them selling them separately, but at the same time, they would have to have the match lineup out early for people to make a decision on which night they'd prefer to go to. Um, as far as, how I feel about it. I think after watching it on two nights and not, not sitting there through eight hours of the event, it kept me interested the whole time. Um, Oh yeah. We got Greg over Blake. We got Greg now. We got Greg on two nights. As far as going, I definitely would rather it be two nights. I think that would be really cool to, to spread over the weekend you as long know, as it doesn't cost us a million dollars. Right. Like you could easily have Wednesday night be like the, the Hall of Fame or Thursday night, whatever the case. You can have your takeover on Friday, and then you have Saturday and Sunday of Mania. And I I don't think it would take away. You you would have even if you made it a little longer than what it was these two nights, as long as you're not making it from five o'clock in the evening until one in the morning on one night. That's fine with me. And you can, I feel like you would actually even be able to shine the spotlight on different matches a little more instead of giving me a match that I'm completely interested in for 10 there minutes. Were, there were definitely matches that benefited from doing this, whether it was, exactly. you, you notice, you notice some of them getting more time and they feel a little more propped up. They feel a little bit more important when they're condensed into the smaller package instead of just small fish in a giant sea. Even even matches that could have easily been cool down matches were were given more of a spotlight. Um, obviously, we still had the few that were definitely cool down matches, but I I I'd prefer it to be two nights. To be honest, I would like to stick with one. I think... well, we're not doing it. We decided already. <laughs> I look. I think the fact that some of these matches got 
a lot more time was great. And I did realize that. But I also feel like that should have already been the norm and they just don't need to have a million matches at WrestleMania because some of them we could clearly do without anyway. I would prefer it to be one night. I love the setup of having TakeOver and then having Mania and having Hall of Fame in those three nights. I think that's the best way to go. I am curious to see whether they do extend this into two nights and this becomes the norm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and the way I'm built. I t- typically, if I do something, I want to get it done. You know, I would like, I'm already doing it. Let's do it. I don't want to have to do it again. So I would like to stick with one, but some of your points are valid. All right. I think that's about everything that there is to talk about. Am I correct in that? Yes, sir. So, with everything, we have come to the conclusion that both nights were a rave, and given the circumstances, given the state of the world, ultimately, WWE put on a great product with what they had. Um, obviously, we all have our opinions on how it could have been better, but that's that's a bunch of could-have-beens, would-have-beens. We got what we got, and I was satisfied with it. Yeah, I think even with out the circumstances they put on a pretty damn good show so thank you to everybody involved that did that because definitely need some distractions right now for yep. sure without a doubt all right guys talk to you in the weekend bye blake right. bye greg bye See my you. fans <laughs>